Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of Another Happy Pod is sponsored by the Oedipus Complex. Oh, I need to wake the fuck up. Yeah, you look half asleep. <laughs> you look like a fucking zombie. <laughs> I wasn't going to say zombie. I was going to be more polite. I look fucking pale, and I look like I look like someone who has literally just been cast as a zombie in The Walking Dead. Yeah, you but look you got... like it. No, go on. No, 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 please. What do I? <laughs> no, no, proceed. No, 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 no. <laughs> It'd be rude of me to interrupt. <laughs> please finish. Finish your thought. I'm sure it was kind. No, I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just saw you playing with your mustache. So I was going to say you look like some sort of French aristocrat. Maybe I am. <laughs> Especially with that little gap you have. I'm going to bloody blow on my mouth. Why are you revealing my gap on the pod? <laughs> people know what you look like. That's nah, not, not the listeners. We've got one New Ze- We've got uh, one listener in like New Zealand or something. They don't know what I look like. Oh, what's good, man? <laughs> we, and now we don't have that <laughs> listener. Now they're gone. Are we going? This seems like... Well, we're going whenever, mate, but with that, they, that, well, I mean, clearly not now. That one listener from New Zealand should listen to our episode. Uh, what's that movie called? Hunt for the World of People. <laughs> Hunt for the World of People, yeah, that one. Yeah. 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 Hello, and welcome back to another Happy Pod, uh, the show where we try to keep things just a little bit fresh and optimistic. We don't always succeed, but we do have a damn good time doing it. My name's Nathan, and as always, I'm joined by my very good friend, co-host, confidant, and not Lawrence Heisey. It's a ruse. He's recording this at the end of the episode because no! he forgot Lawrence. And now onto the pod we recorded about 40 minutes ago. We're all here. I'm here. You're here. Craig is here. So tell, tell the people who Craig is, Nathan. Craig is our hotshot new um, producer. He's fresh out of 
producing school. He's a Discord bot. <laughs> he is literally a Discord bot. <laughs> we are now recording through Discord. Um, so say hello to Craig. Hi, Craig. Nathan, what what film are we are we talking about today? Or uh, everyone knows it's in the title of the episode. It's it's called. Why am I doing? It's nowhere, boy. I don't know why I was building up to something. <laughs> you were just doing a thing. <laughs> I was. Um, nowhere what boy. Is, what is nowhere boy? Because nowhere it... boy is a movie about a man who started a band, and this movie is not about that band. If you want a movie <laughs> about that band? Don't watch this movie. Because... To be fair, that's one. That's one thing I was fucking surprised. Right, let's. If we get into it, this is about uh, the main character, and this is John Lennon. Uh, it's virtually nothing. <laughs> the, the main character could easily not be John Lennon. And <laughs> I'd like to change. say thank you on behalf of the group, and I hope we pass the audition. It's very my John Lennon impression. That's a very good John Lennon impression. Thank you. It's very good. Could you do another? No, but uh, fun fact, Yoko Ono follows me on Twitter, so shout out John Lennon's wife. She does. <laughs> 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 she does actually, and she she like if she goes on Twitter often, and she provided she doesn't follow a stupid amount of people, she likely sees you retweeting the pod. There is there is a thin chance out there, but a believable one nonetheless, that this could somehow get back to John Lennon's wife. <laughs> Let, let's let's bloody hope. I say. Let's, let's make that the goal of this uh, episode. Let's let's get this in front of John Lennon's wife. I'm sure she would love it. <laughs> Twitter, do your thing. <laughs> Um, DM it. I'm actually going to DM her this episode. Fuck so. it, tweet it, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right. I had no idea. Um, I mean, I did because I like I looked up this film. Oh, you bad boy! No, as, as in, I literally typed in "Nowhere Boy" on Google, and it was like "Nowhere Boy" tells the story of John Lennon. And I went, "Ah, oh, John." Okay. Uh, and the one thing that I'll say um, is that I respect the studio's choice to not go. Look at us, we're doing the the story of the Beatles. Even if they were gonna not tell the story of the Beatles. I know this came out about ten years prior to like Rocket Man, Bohemian Rhapsody, all of that, at the time where music biopics for like iconic bands are massive. Um this was a change of pace and I did appreciate that somewhat. But we'll get into it. Why did you want me to watch this? Um, mainly because like I when I was younger. Uh, around the time this movie came out, I was, for some reason, I was going for a huge Beatles phase. I don't know why, but I just really liked the Beatles. Maybe that's why Yoko follows you. Maybe it is. Maybe <laughs> I tweeted something about the Beatles, and she was, and Twitter was still new, so she was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll follow this fucking idiot. Why I'll not? follow everyone that's ever said something <laughs> nice about the Beatles." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there we go. Um, so, so I was just like watching anything I could, which was vaguely even related to the Beatles. Um, and when I heard there was a movie coming out about John Lennon, I was like, oh, sick, I'm going to fucking love this. And this was also my introduction to Aaron Taylor-Johnson as well, who plays John Lennon. Um, the reason I wanted you to watch it is just because randomly, like two weeks ago, I think, I was just bored. It was like midnight. Um, and I just like bought a couple of movies on Apple TV, this being one of them. And I was like... I quite like this. We should talk about this. Okay. So you 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 like this film quite a lot then? I think I think it's a it's a good and interesting movie. Okay. I, I think the story is I think that there's a lot of choices that are made which are interesting and worthy of discussion, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, right. So I mm -hmm. I 
I'm still like, this was put it this way. This was not. Oh, I'm gonna have to stop my cat eating a fake tree. One second. No oh, fucking no. I will entertain I the, the audience. Could I have the tree? Thank you. Um, right. So I'm just now having to hold a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, now he's going for the cardboard. Is nothing safe, Jarvis? This is what why this is why what happens when you insist on recording in the same room as your fucking cat. I don't. He doesn't have a designated room. It's not jail, Nathan. I don't open Jarvis's cell. <laughs> now that the weekly debate about the cat and the door is done, um, I'm I'm on the fence about this film because um, I I agree with you. It's it's definitely worth an episode because um, it's there's a lot to kind of discuss and there's a lot of choices in this film that are interesting. Oh boy, are there some choices that are interesting? Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, we are there. Um. I sometimes forget that Aaron Taylor Johnson is actually English. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> yeah, I do fair. forget that he's he actually. I mean, obviously, he's putting on a um, a Scouse accent for this um, because obviously the Beatles are all from. Are they all from Liverpool? They are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that it's obviously <clears throat> heavily. Well, it's, it's entirely set in Liverpool, so he's obviously putting on somewhat of an accent, uh, and and he does a good job. Aaron Taylor Johnson is famously good with accents, bar one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, like, which one's the best? Oh, okay, yeah. And yeah, I could make I a joke about that, Nathan, but I think you might see it coming. Okay, it was well, a good one. It was a good one. Don't uh, don't cry at me, Craig. Cut that out. Cut that. Out. <laughs> Craig, don't Craig, please. <laughs> I know you're a bot and you don't have ears, but please. Um, okay, I tell you what. Let's rip the lid off it and say, why do you why do you like this? Like, what what's what's like what drew you to it? Why do why do you think it's a good movie? Uh, I think the I think John Lennon is an interesting person because he is often someone who is hailed as like he's someone who's who's given a good reputation and quite possibly doesn't deserve that reputation. His because... um, his Google thing uh, lists him as like one of the most influential musicians of the 21st century, which obviously we know, uh, but also as like a a peace activist. Yeah, um, and someone that spent a large amount of his life campaigning for world peace, and he and he was, and mm. those are those are definitely things that he did, and you know the song Imagine um, did a lot of stuff um, for peace as well, and especially over a... lockdown when all the celebrities sung it. Uh, Gal Gadot had a field day with that one, <laughs> she really did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, look at all the good that did. Um, no, but like he and Yoko, they did actually do a lot of activism. Uh, work and everything like that um there are a lot of other things going on with john though which are not necessarily so favorable he he has been known to be for want of a better word a bit of a dick and this movie i think kind of paints him in that light he is a dick but it's easy to understand why he would be because like he's he's starting a band it's been very successful, like a lot more successful than he thought it would be. Just, yeah. just him getting a few mates together, um, and then suddenly he's getting all this attention from girls and stuff like that. He's suddenly getting lots of bookings, and people like him and like his music. So you can understand why that would give him a bit of an ego, and why he would be a bit of a dick. Yeah. Um, 
And it, it makes sense the way he is. I'm not saying he's right to act that way. I'm just saying it makes sense why he is acting that way a little. Oh, bit. yeah. No, I, I don't get me wrong. I think the movie the movie does do a very good job of, like, flowing, I think. Like, yeah. it, 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 it does a good thing. There's only a few... There are a few... Because th- this is an unusual one. Because I do like this movie. This is this was a fun watch for me. And I did... I, I After I finished it, I didn't think, oh, fuck's sake. I thought, oh, I'm glad I've seen that. That was cool. Um... But there are just there are weird choices, like we said. Um, yeah, interesting choices. Let me read you just one of my notes that I got here. I'll just read it please. verbatim. Look, I'm not saying his mum wants to fuck him, but his mum definitely wants to fuck him. Now I see your I see your note, <laughs> and I raise you a note of my own. Okay. Why is John Lennon's mum so wet for him? <laughs> <laughs> now, can she I shed some context so on this? Because I yeah. I did a little Google about this, and I do not. I when I say I did a Google, I I mean I did a one Google and then read a headline and then read a simple one paragraph into an article. I could I be have wrong. A feeling I think I know where this is going, but go ahead, um, Yoko. If you're listening, maybe best to turn it off at this moment. Oh, maybe um, I don't. Maybe I don't. Go on. So apparently, John Lennon apparently. In an interview, John Lennon has said, and this is so unbelievably gross if it's true, um, that at a moment in his um, adolescence, he his hand accidentally brushed past his mum's breast, at which point he thought to my he thought to himself, I wonder what, as in he reflected on it years later, I wonder what would have happened if I didn't pull away, uh, and he often thinks that he shouldn't have. What the fuck? Now, again, I do not know if that's true. I, I mean, do not know if a, if a magazine out there is taking liberties uh, 40 years after the man's death. Um, but if that's true, that's fucked. Which I think is why that choice was kind of made and emphasised. Because there is, in this movie, there is an unreasonable amount of sexual tension between him and his mum. There, there is really fucked. is. It's 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 not even subtle as well. It's just no. so in your face and like it it it's clear like film languages are oh, these two are romantic interests. These yeah. two are going to fuck. It's, mate, it's the kind of shots you got in Five Hundred Days of Summer, etc. Like it really it's, it's, is. It's two people that are clearly interested in each other, but the so, issue is they're playing blood relatives. So I I just googled um, John Lennon mum breast. Um, and then you know how like when you google something and then like the first bit is like it takes like the extract of something and just gives you that article Yeah, that bit says among the revelations Lenin had incestuous feelings for his mother Julia when he was 14 Lenin accidentally touched his mother's breast as he lay beside her in bed during her afternoon nap that is um, yeah something you don't admit in a book (laughs) is is what that is (laughs) yeah I didn't know that. That is strange. Well, that I mean, I mean, I guess look, it, I'm not here to kink shame a man, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's not the thing we're discussing. But I just think that's maybe the reason why the director, um, who is also a bit of a wrong and in her own right, um, but, yeah, see, we, that we, is where I thought you was going. When you, no, 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 no. When you and brought that, that's up. fucking tame compared to what I told you, right? That is quite tame. Yeah. But yeah, so like John Lennon 
and his mum had a, a strange relationship for reasons which you find out about in this movie. Although I think it's slightly more dramatized in this. Um, and then they they get in contact again. They they rekindle, and then they go out on like a like a mum son date, which doesn't sound that bad. There's no there's nothing inherently wrong with you and your mum going out to the beach and going into a cafe together, but she's so wet for him at every single second. She is she's dripping all over the car. Oh, okay, we don't need to go there. We don't need to go there. For no, one. but she we... she like they go into like this cafe, like this typical 50s biker style cafe and then like she puts on a song on the jukebox uh, a song about a rock and roll song and then she like she leans into him and says rock and roll means sex and all this stuff and it's it's just so it's fucking weird is what it's it is. uncomfortable and let's it's... let's draw a line under it because i think we're just <laughs> there is so much freudian shit to unpack <laughs> that i think we'll be stuck here for a long time um on this uh yeah right i think this film has a really interesting pace and rhythm to it um i think it makes choices where it um sometimes doesn't cut away from things sometimes does cut away um and it has a really interesting kind of especially for a directorial debut um and as much as i think the director like i just said is a bit of a wrong and um in her own right this is an extremely impressive first film for a director yeah, um, yeah, this yeah. like just in terms of not just story, um, but how it's kind of it, it's it's the story probably no one wanted to see when they heard that there was a John Lennon film being made. Um, and that, still, that's very true. Actually. Yeah, and it yeah. still and it still works as well as it does. If um, you say there's going to be a movie about John Lennon, and then you immediately follow up with, but when he was 15 and none of the Beatles were there, you'd be like, oh, yeah. well, I mean, I mean that's not true. They are there. Yeah. There's one Beatle. Um, There's two Beatles in this, actually. Oh, George is in it as well, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, George is in it. He's not really in it. Paul McCartney's <laughs> in it. Yeah. Um, and he's played by the five-year-old that is Brody Thomas. Thomas Sangs the Bro- Bro- Brody someone. The kid from Love Actually that's the like The kid four. from Love Actually that's four. And Game of Thrones and Doctor Who. He's the, yeah. You know him. You know him. He's the um, one that's four, but he's actually 30. Yeah, exactly. He's... I... I that's that's something I like about this movie as well. It's clearly it's clearly gone in a direction. Um, wh- whoever was in charge in casting, they clearly didn't go for lookalikes because none mm. of them look like who they're supposed to be playing. Like no. that kid looks fuck all like McCartney. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson looks nothing like John Lennon. So yeah, it's it's more acting ability and and what they can do with the stuff which which they went for, which I think is good. I think that's always. The best yeah. choice to make. A lot of people um, seem to think that just because you look like someone means you should play them. That's that's not the case. Um, no, no, not I all. like Sebastian Stan. All right, he's a good actor. Okay, never want him to play Luke Skywalker. He kind of looks like him, but not enough to like in give that, him a full show. He looks like him in that one photo that people exactly have already blended part of Mark Hamill's <laughs> face into. Um, <laughs> I I have a fun line. Uh, I have a fun note. Sorry, that just says David Morrissey with loads of exclamation marks. Who's David um, Morrissey? David Morrissey is the guy that plays the next Doctor. He plays the Governor in The Walking Dead. Um, oh yeah, who who was he in this? He was um, Julia's uh, husband, the the dad oh, of the two girls. Oh fucking, he was. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, he was good. He was um, um, actually saying that right. Everyone in this movie does a very good job. Like, yeah, the cast true. is very impressive. Um, his mother, um, as horny as she is, she does do a very good job as well. I wrote that at the job, end. Actually. I wrote that at the end. There's two main. Uh, there's two main women in this movie, and they both <laughs> smash it well out of the park. Hello, Jarvis. Are you upset? What are you meowing about? Kristen Scott Thomas, who plays Mimi, his aunt, and then there is uh, Anne Marie Duff, who plays Julia. His well mom. done. Yeah, no, they were they were very very good. Um, I wondered if we can quickly go through some mm. like moments. Um, we we yeah. certainly can. Before we do though, uh, I'm just uh, interested. You say uh, you were saying just a moment ago how there's moments like where this movie makes choices to like sometimes cut away and not cut away. Do you have any examples of that? None that I can think of off the top of my head, but there's, right. yeah, basically, it, it's kind of more of a, a comment on how the whole movie flows together. Like, yeah. maybe cutting away and cutting two is the wrong example of it, but like, this movie, I, do you know what, there's literally no other way I can describe it, because, like, when you edit something, you even know if it works or it doesn't work, right? You can immediately just tell humans have got that thing in their head. There was yeah. not a single poor moment of cutting in this movie. Like there was, it was just edited very, very well. Um, it flowed nicely, and it all kind of just—I don't know. Despite that, I guess because of the fact that it, this this movie doesn't really have that much of a plot. It's got one through line through it, um, and you don't actually spend a lot of time with that plot because that plot goes on pause for a lot of the time because it's mainly about his relationship with the two maternal figures in his life. Yeah. Um, but whenever he leaves one of their houses, this movie just becomes. John Lennon is doing a band. Um, yeah. And it kind of puts that um, that plot completely on pause, which is the only real plot of the movie. So to achieve that mm. and to have it flow as well as it did without anyone going, this is kind of boring, um, is, is impressive. And I just, yeah. Did I, you not like that John Lennon does a band stuff then? It's not that I didn't like it. I just think it, it made me go, okay, so you're doing John Lennon, but then you're not doing John Lennon, but then you're doing John Lennon. And I think there was there's moments in this where like his interest in music comes out of fucking nowhere. Like he's one one minute he's just kind of chilling. Oh my god, my fucking cat! <laughs> let him yell. Let him let him do what he does. Yes, there's. The, I think his music comes. His music interest kind of just literally comes out of left field. And I know it's John Lennon, so everyone's gonna be like, oh, obviously he's gonna be interested in music. It's John fucking Lennon. But it literally is presented to us that one day he like sees a banjo and just goes, all right, I could play that probably. Yeah. And plays it. Yeah, it, it kind of does. And then suddenly he is, not suddenly, it does like go a little bit over time, but it, it is kind of presented as like, suddenly he's the greatest musician ever. Um, yeah. And and I think the, the film doesn't particularly do a great job of showing his success. I feel like yeah. he's suddenly just this, this kid in Liverpool in this poor area of Liverpool. Um, and then out of nowhere, the movie's like, oh, by the way, he is successful. Like, he's getting all these girls and he's like a bit of a rock star now. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> did you want to <laughs> maybe comment or show that in any way possible? <laughs> um, yeah, because nothing really changed. Like, I know he's getting all the girls and there's that thing. He's like, oh, he's obviously just had sex with that girl in the toilet <laughs> and she leaves as they're like packing up from the gig. But yeah. like, he was having sex at the beginning of this movie as well. Like, and he's presented as this cool guy the whole way through. So I don't think he's... I don't think his ego ever really changes that much. I think he's just, like, for the majority of the movie, he's just a bit of an unlikable arsehole. 
That's uh, that's fair. I, I definitely do think he goes more. He leans more towards an unlikable asshole as as he goes on. I, Maybe I, I do think that all his kind of success and everything influences him, and he does become a bit of a cocky little prick, for want of a better word. The Jake yeah. Paul of the day, really. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, but there's mo- there's moments where you like him, where like bullies kind of push him around. Um, and there's that moment where he gets kind of like just a little bit stabbed, like the guy pushes uh, the knife into him slightly, um, yeah. and he plays it off like he's cool. And at those moments, you go, "Yeah, fucking like, yeah, I, I, I'm rooting for him in those moments." But then there's other moments where one, one, mo- one moment I took massive issue on um, is um, his mum. His mum dies. His his um, his biological mother in this, Julia, she dies. She gets hit by a car. Um, just as they've kind of rekindled their relationship, and she's actually healing her relationship with her sister as well. It's a, like a, it's a, ter- it's the turning point of the movie where shit's being forgiven, and they've kind of got this weird relationship going where he's got he's got two mums basically, um, and it's and it's nice, um, but yeah, then she dies, and then they're at the funeral, um, and one guy picks up the banjo that was hers and starts playing it. So he, so John Lennon walks in, fucking punches one guy, headbutts his other, like, best mate, walks out of the party, then fucking smacks Paul McCartney in the mouth, then Paul McCartney hugs him, he goes back in and goes, why is everyone crying? We're supposed to be a rock band, we're supposed to be cool, and everyone's like, ha John Lennon, life and soul of the party. Like, he hasn't just beat three people up for literally just being at his mum's funeral and paying their respects. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But they're, all, they're doing that thing where they're kind of laughing crying as well you know like when you're upset and you're crying but then someone kind of makes you laugh and then you're like you know what i'm talking about like they're all they're all doing that together which seems i don't know it just seems like yeah all right we'll forgive you because you're john lennon yeah oh it very much is we'll forgive you because you're john lennon people are like all right there's grief and then there's just being a downright asshole like yeah why did paul mccartney even bring him back into the funeral <laughs> he obviously is unhinged at this minute <laughs> Like, just sit outside of him for half an hour. Because his mum died and he didn't get to touch her breast or whatever. Oh, bloody. Stop <laughs> listening, Yoko. Stop listening right now. Um, <laughs> I do right, apologise, Yoko. I do apologize. What, what rubs salt in the wound? I am fine with a movie going, oh, he's John Lennon, so we forgive him. Even though the movie doesn't know that he's musical icon John Lennon yet. Um, is that the very next thing that happens is the father figure that never liked him turns around and goes, oh, and John, here's an envelope full of money. Thanks for punching everyone at my wife's funeral. <laughs> it's yeah, it's true. Um, the the David Morrissey character, now that I know that's who plays him, is is it's weird one because he's kind of like coded to be like an antagonist and a dickhead, but that just doesn't happen. Like yeah. from the moment you see him, it's kind of like, oh, who's this? He's he clearly doesn't like John. He's clearly thinks he's coming between him and his wife. I see. I, d- I don't think that it's yeah. Well, he might be coming between him and his <laughs> wife if, if John gets his way. Bloody John, the dirty dog. Um, I never thought of him like that. See, for me, because there's moments where his mum, uh, it's kind of hinted at that his mum's had. She's very unwell. Um, and yeah, she's I think it moments. seems like she has bipolar. That that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, but obviously they don't really know what that is. She doesn't even yeah. know what's going on with that. But he he makes a thing, um, and rightfully so, in the time of saying like, "Look, constant changes in this family fucks you up, uh, and you've got to be here for our for our daughters." They're, he's got they both got two young daughters, um, 
and John coming into town is kind of the embodiment of you're the thing that fucks it up every single time. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that he's necessarily got any bad blood towards John because John's never fucking said two words to the bloke, um, <clears throat> really. Um, or that we're led to believe. Um, I think it's just more a case of he's putting his family, his immediate family first. Yeah, no, I get that. And I'm not I'm not saying he he is a dick. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like the movie is kind of um showing him in that light. It's like using film language which which says this guy is a pseudo villain for lack of a better word really um yeah. and then yeah that just doesn't turn out to be the case he's just like he just hands him a letter and then that's it that's that's david morrissey <laughs> yeah i mean i mean yeah i guess so i mean i don't know i don't know about that guy in real mm. life so maybe that's kind of all there was to him he was just a bit resentful that he was um kind of there and was the catalyst for a lot of his mum's um um problems um i i just i i just looked this up i didn't know this um beforehand i knew who directed this movie um i knew um she then went on to have a relationship with uh aaron after this and they had kids which is kind of weird because he is a lot lot younger than her he was um, uh for context um he was 19 when this movie was being filmed and yeah. she was in her mid to late 40s yeah and then they got together clearly on the set of this, which is strange, yikes. but yeah, very, very much yikes, I would say. Um, right, there's, I don't know what the expression is. There's an expression that means something like legal, but questionable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no laws were broken, but an ethics but... code violated, perhaps. <laughs> but you know what you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know that two years ago you would have found him just as attractive. <laughs> Let's not pretend different. That is weird. Um, yeah, so like I said, they're going I, through I a knew... divorce at the minute, by the way. They are as well. Yeah. Very, very recently going through that. Um, yeah, so I just pulled her up on IMDb. So I just I had am... a horror. I was just going to say he's got too old. <laughs> Oh no. oh no! Someone fucking lock up. I don't know. I was gonna say Harry Styles, but he's like thirty now. That shows how fucking out of touch I am. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he is. Um, I don't know. I'm surprised she didn't um go for the other one, the Game of Thrones one that looks like he's four but is thirty. Yeah, she she would look, maybe it is the fact that he is actually older and that that put her off. Yeah, maybe yeah. she was like. But then again, isn't that the perfect crime? Because you can get away with it. But... I feel gross. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, this I've, been trying to save it. I've been trying to save this for five fucking minutes. <laughs> Basically, she also directed Fifty Shades of Grey. That great oh, movie. I know that. Come on, Nathan. Yeah. Get with the times. I didn't. I just I just noticed that. I just read that. So um, that, that could possibly give you an insight into... Her personal life. I mean, not really. But... And her career trajectory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it does kind of starting well, off with a very promising move. <laughs> yeah, just slightly. It does kind of drop a little bit after that. But it's a um, shame. It I is think that shame. was actually the last movie she did. So yeah, that the, that smash hit Fifty Shades of Grey. Which I mean, technically, fair, it was a smash. Yeah, hit. I think to be fair, it, <laughs> in in terms of box office, yeah, in terms of yeah. critical response. No, no. Well, critical response of um, I don't know. Uh, horny mums, horny mums. That's yeah. that is bang on. <laughs> um, we should do that trilogy one day. I reckon. I, was, I, was, I thought you were going to say do some horny mums. 
<laughs> we well, no, we shouldn't. I've never <laughs> seen those movies, but I feel like that could be fun to watch. That would definitely be a pod. In fact, we're, we're booking it in today. <laughs> no, uh, we're, we're, we are, Nathan. We're getting in. Um, I've just I've just read one of my notes. Um, <laughs> just says John Lennon is an unwavering, unrelenting cunt. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Yoko. <laughs> If if you have listened, if you have made it this far, Yoko, you didn't know him at this point in his life. Well, that's true. He was better when he met you, maybe. Yeah. Although clearly not from what's been out there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Is is there anything else you you have to say about? Is um, there, what did you think of the music actually? So the music. <laughs> uh, so I have two opinions on this. Um. All right. <laughs> I just read another one of my notes that said his hair looks fucking awful. Um, oh, his hair looks good. No, he just looks like Elvis, but in a time where that hair is not cool. No, <laughs> that's that. Uh, oh yeah, the fifties. Clear. What, what was Elvis doing in the fifties? No, um, look, <laughs> it just looks bad. It was never a good look. I'm aware it isn't the taste these days. Um, <laughs> no, so with his fade. Fucking. <laughs> I haven't had a haircut in like fucking six months, man. I've, I've not got. No, I don't, almost a year, mate. Fucking. Oh, bloody. Anyway, back to the Barber podcast. Um, <laughs> so the music in this, um, my first note, I'll start with a good one. Um, I know it's not the Beatles when they perform, and I know that there's actually zero members of the Beatles in it at that point, I believe, other than John Lennon himself. Uh, but their first proper gig does a very good job of replicating the sound of John Lennon's voice. Yeah, I think. yeah, it does. Um, I think there's, because there's, that's a, one, it's a hard voice to replicate because everyone in the world knows it. It's iconic <clears> and famous. Yeah. Um, and also, um, it's a difficult sound to make, um, especially from an actor that isn't, um, isn't from Liverpool, uh, is already putting on an accent. Um, they did well to cover him up with the rest of the band singing as well. Um, but it had a very Beatles-esque sound, which I, which I thought was very accurate and, and very well done. A lot of the music had a very Beatles-esque sound, and I think that's obviously the point. That's obviously yeah. intentional. Um, yeah, it is really impressive what they was able to do with Aaron's voice. I'm not sure if it was actually him singing or if there was somehow... There's definitely, there's definitely one scene where it's not him singing. Wh- which one's that? Uh, towards the end. Because most of it sounds quite live and natural. Most, I presume they did a lot of it on set. Um, yeah. But the one, the one where he's singing at the end... Um, when they're kind of cross cutting it with um his mum dying, I think. Um right. that that is definitely not him. Just the way his mouth moves, it is it's one of them, you know, when you can tell a song is pre recorded. You know when yeah. artists in music videos are just so not even close to resembling the faces yeah. that a singer would be pulling if delivering yeah. those notes. Yeah, it's like that. Um my second point in this move in this uh in this movie about music, um they used the same montage song three times. Really? Um, yep, they used the exact same montage song three times, and every single time it sounds like royalty-free stock music. Um, and it's it's ass. <laughs> like it just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just one of them where it completely kills like the dramatic intention or like the fun um, because it's so generic that it doesn't give off a sense of tone or feeling at all. It sounds like lift music, genuinely. And if it's, like, I could be wrong, if it's not the exact same piece, then music guy, 
search a different website, find something else <laughs> that, that didn't resemble it because it started, it's the same one. It started off with like this little drum fill and then it started with these drones and it sounds ominous. Uh, I, I'm having weird. a hard time in, um, picturing this song. Well, you should watch it, Nathan. It's your bloody choice. Come probably on. Should. Yeah, probably should. Um, attention. Yeah, but no, like the, the music, like they only, they only use it three times, which is, I'm saying that like it's a, it's a forgiving thing. <laughs> uh i kind of liked the music in this again it it wasn't the beatles but it, it definitely reminded me of it and there is one song which uh i think john actually sung uh when he was with the beatles they did a cover of maggie may i think um and yeah i thought it was all yeah. it was all really good it, it sounded good I, I quite enjoyed it like liking the beatles music of course did make me feel a little bit nostalgic for it so yeah yeah Course. Uh, I know we kind of wrapped it up, but just quickly, I think the reason why uh, the director was able to do a lot of that stuff and not not force like Beatles references and lookalikes and all that stuff is because it was kind of indie. There was no real yeah. like big studio involved making decisions in this. It, I think it was very independently funded and all that sort of stuff. So I think that's why it's called Nowhere Boy. It's not called like. John, John Lennon. Lennon, the untold story, the Beatles, man. Yeah, exactly. Which is, I mean, like I said at the beginning, if I give this movie anything, it's got to be the fact that I respect the balls on the studio didn't need the name John Lennon to sell this movie. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. And I don't, I don't know if it did well at the box office. I don't know if it even went to box office. I don't know how, kind of what the numbers are. The the budget of this movie was one point two million pounds, uh, and the box office mm. was six point six million US dollars. So I don't know how that works out in two thousand nine, um, but I, I, let's say wait six. It, give me that again. One point what pounds? One point two million pounds. Yeah, yeah, uh, and six point six million US it made. Well, it definitely would have made its money back, but. Not, uh, yeah, I think it not 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 hugely successful, but decent. Not enough. hugely well, good good for an indie. I wouldn't tell my nose up yeah, with yeah. six point six million. I mean, I could do with six point six million right now. <laughs> I could be... do with one point two million or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't turn that up either. I'm not crude. Anyway, uh, so that is Nowhere Boy, two thousand and nine. Sam Taylor Johnson or not Johnson now, I guess whatever whatever's going on there. She's not even she's not credited as that in this movie anyway. I think she's like Taylor Wood. Sam Taylor yeah. Wood in this. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, so our new little thing we're doing here, Lawrence, if people aren't aware, is um because you held me hostage for about twenty-six weeks with a terrible rating system, I have decided that we're now simplifying it to just a simple watch it or skip it. Does exactly what you say is on the tin. Do you recommend that people watch this or skip this? I recommend that everyone except Yoko Ono watches this. I mean, she's probably seen it, but <laughs> All right. uh, she's waiting for this. She's waiting to hear what we think before she goes into it. And of I've course. told you, Yoko, stop listening. <laughs> of course. How foolish of me. Um, so, you're, so you're saying watch this? I am saying watch this. Yeah, this is a good movie. It's like, it, it, it's not perfect, um, but for a first for a first directing feature film, it's good. Um, and it's, 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 it's not a particularly a fun time, but it's interesting and it's well done. Uh, I would also say watch this, yeah. All the reasons that you said, I think it's a very uh, enjoyable and fun movie. If you like the Beatles, there's a bit of insight into how that all kind of started, um, some good music and everything like that. And if you have mummy issues, you're going to fucking love it. So uh, get involved. 
catch Sigmund Freud in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Love in every set. Sigmund Freud and Oedipus booked a joint seating to these. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just thought I just thought of like play in this movie and then you know that um that aaron taylor not aaron taylor uh, aaron paul bit from breaking bad and it's now a sound on tiktok where it's like you can't keep getting away with this <laughs> about sigmund freud <laughs> uh, and it's true it's true <laughs> oh it's it's so tragic but it is true nathan i hear there's a segment that we're adding to this podcast oh yes there is thank you for reminding me because i would have completely forgot about that <laughs> I, know. I know you're a tired man today <laughs> For no reason as well. Like as soon as I finish work, I just think I'm gonna have a nap. <laughs> You're always having a nap. You're always having a nap these well, days. I'm a, little, I'm a little old man, all right. Um. So yeah. So recently, uh, you have been uh, making your way through the Clone Wars, the Star Wars animated series. So I thought it would be um fun to keep you accountable each week and have a little segment where we see what's going on, how you're finding it, and uh, yeah. Live reaction to this question I haven't asked you off air. Are we going to have a jingle? Uh, Yes, and it goes a little something like this. Uh, Craig, put in the jingle. Clone Wars Corner with Lawrence and Nathan. But Nathan has already seen it. It's mostly just Lawrence. Cool, thanks, Craig. Thanks, Craig. I don't know why we both pause like we can't <laughs> just ourselves and then bring ourselves back in. Uh, and I'm editing this tonight, so thanks, Nathan, for my job of finding a jingle. Yeah, have fun with that one, mate. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, so I've been working my way through uh, Clone Wars. I know it's. Uh, I know there is a chronological order to the show, but I'm watching it in as if it's like an anthology, which it is, um, and just kind of watching the arcs as they come and are presented to me. Um, so the most recent thing I've watched, the most recent episode I've watched, is uh, I believe it's episode five of season one, and I think it's called um, "Recruits Rookies." Um, ah, yeah, the, droid, the droids on the on yeah, the the, yeah, the siege of the station from the droids. I um, watched I, this one quite recently, actually. It's a good one. Uh, do you know I um, I was excited to watch this because I figured it would be the um, the introduction of like a lot of the big players that I have heard about, like uh, Rex, uh, Cody. Obviously, I knew about Cody, but I didn't know anything about Rex. Um, five is in this. Um, and Heavy, uh, who I thought was a big player, and turns out he's not, because he, he blows himself to fuck. <laughs> Um, you'll see you'll see him again because you're not doing it chronologically so you'll yeah, see him again i'll see i'll see i'll see big heavy again yeah. um i can't remember what they're called um, and echo as well echo yes he's, um, he's, a, he's a big player a big okay player. okay um yeah overall i'm uh, i'm enjoying it it's um the animation in season one leaves a little bit to be desired i've seen clips from <laughs> season seven so i kind of know what i'm missing which yeah. is kind of sad um yeah, yeah like but the difference in animation between it's like the difference in animation between toy story one and toy story four <laughs> it's <laughs> stark parallel yeah yeah it, it's it's incredible like the the animation in the later seasons is like clearly they put a lot of money into it yeah um, but yeah the earlier stuff it's it's fine yeah um, but no, as as for this episode, uh, and I'm not going to be reviewing these every episode. It was just going to be where wherever I am <laughs> when Nathan asks me, because um, I'm not we'll waiting and that. watching this weekly. We'll um, see about that, my friend. Oh God. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, no, I, I like this episode. This was fun. Uh, it was a very nice introduction. Um, also a very nice kind of um, a very nice kind of um, introduction to the clones as characters. Um, yeah. This is my first time really sitting down and properly watching the Clone Wars. I've seen episodes here and there, uh, but I've never really sat through and watched it with the intent to care about these characters. Um, and my experience from clones, from the clones, has been in prequels where they're just fucking cannon fodder, <laughs> like they're just there to get shot or shoot. Um, so it was nice to see them kind of fleshed out. Nice to see they've got terms for themselves, not just in their nicknames, but like um like they, they're called immediately by rex like a, a a group of shinies because their armor's all like brand spanking new with not a single like mud stain blood stain whatever on it um and it was fun to watch them kind of prove that and then take on one of presumably the hardest challenges that a new batch of clones would have to take on but yeah no ultimately really cool really really liking where it's going and i'm excited to to watch more yeah, yeah, it's 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 good. I like I say I've said this time and time again, but the best thing the Clone Wars ever did was humanize the clones. It really gave them a voice, made you care a lot about. Well, it gave these. them one voice with many variations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. Shout out to Bradley Baker. <laughs> yeah, it, it did a really good job of making you care and sympathize for the people who slaughtered the Jedi. So well done, Clone Wars. Well done, well done for learning. <laughs> uh, let's let's wrap it up there. I say. Um, I I say that too. Um, just quickly, I think you've done some editing work this week, have you? Who who are your big clients of the week, Lawrence? Oh, I know why you're going into this. <laughs> why you're going into this because a certain one of my lovely editing clients gave us a nice review. Um, <laughs> And we'd like to give him a big, a big, a big, uh, another happy shout out. <laughs> I hope he's listened to this the whole way through. Can you imagine if he just never references this and then we'll know? He doesn't. Know. <laughs> yeah, that, there's the real test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, big, big Siler. Um, thank you very much for giving us uh, a review. You're a lovely man. Uh, and thank you for allowing Nathan to call you a wizard on Twitter. <laughs> It wasn't me, it was Dwight, but shout out to the wizard. Um, you do good work. I'm a big fan of magic. Are you? Name one magic. Oh, no. I've been <laughs> caught in a ruse. What, what card is it, Nathan? What card am I holding? I'll tell you what, what card am I holding right now? You're not holding a fucking card. Nuh-uh, if you were a real fan of magic, you'd know that that's wrong. And <laughs> you'd know what card it is. Well, I guess I'm not a fan of magic. Yeah, well, you've been caught, Nathan. Don't ever try and ruse again. Uh, if you want to be nice like Sila and you want to get a nice shout-out, you can get a, that nice shout-out by giving us a five-star review. Anything less than five stars. And one, you're lying to yourself because this this podcast is top quality, especially now that we've got good audio from both of us and a producer called Craig. Um, yeah, give us a five-star review, uh, preferably on Apple Podcasts, uh, specifically if you're Bethany Taylor, who has been on this podcast. Fucking install Apple Podcasts and five star us and stop being such a bitch. Um, wow, brutal. <laughs> that's what, and that's what I fucking say. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on uh, at another happy pod on Twitter and Instagram. We post um, mainly <laughs> fucking things that will just waste your time to read on Twitter, <laughs> but you can find out when we post new episodes, uh, which is Nathan Friday at 10 a.m., I believe. Every Friday, 10 a.m., be there or be square. And next Friday, you have the pleasure of listening to us talk about...
the Invincible. Oh, okay. The TV show. So I better, better finish that TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. I'm excited to know what the meme is where someone stands over and says, you don't understand. Because uh, I know that's from Invincible, but I don't know quite what. A uh, think meme? Uh, oh, what is it? Is it the one where it's... Because I know J.K. Simmons says think, but I don't know who to or what about. Okay. So well, I'm excited. I guess we'll find out. I guess we will. Right. Um, we need a better outro. Bye. <laughs> well, you're the one who does the outro. I just, I just realised I haven't even done an intro. I didn't even do the fucking intro. Did you not? No, we were just we just did the casually talking and led into it. We never did an intro. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll do it now. Put it in. Oh, but right, leave right. this bit in at the end as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you yeah, if you've got this far, you'll know that the beginning was all a lie. Anyway, um. We're going to end with Nathan introing, so we shall see you all on every Friday at 10 a.m. What a fucking set of idiots we are. Okay, right. Uh, okay. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, I can do this, I can do this. Hello, and welcome back to another Happy Pod, uh, the show where we're trying to keep things just a little bit fresh and optimistic. We don't always succeed, but we do have a damn good time doing it. My name's Nathan, and as always, I'm joined by my very good friend, co-host, confidant, and Lawrence Heisey. It's a ruse. He's recording this at the end of the episode because no! he forgot Lawrence. And now onto the pod we recorded about 40 minutes ago. Another happy pod. What a fucking train wreck. What a disaster. What a chaotic episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.